Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20 Quartermist. That's right. Redcon1.com. Hi guys, coming to you from the D-Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon. This is Don't Tread on America, and I'm your host, Don Q. That's right, I'm back. How's it going out there today? It's been a minute, and I'm sorry. A little Aerosmith for you here. <laughs> Yeah, I'll probably get in trouble. I don't care. I don't care. All right, guys. Welcome to the show. It is Thursday. That's right. Thursday, 61622, June 16th, 2022. Uh, Different intro. Uh, Been gone for a little bit. Uh, Just got out of jail. Yeah, I got arrested for um, a January 6th situation that I wasn't aware of. So there you go. They uh, they shut the show down for a week, um, but uh, it wasn't me, man. It wasn't me. They had the wrong guy. <laughs> no, joking, man. Joking. Not arrested. They can't touch the PCGC, man. Come on. Now I had a crap ton of doctor's appointments this week. Um, had a had a grandson's one year birthday. Had a granddaughter born. It's been a hectic week. I've had. I had two separate sets of MRIs, doctor's appointments tomorrow. Oh, my Lord in heaven. It's been a rough week. But I'm able to sneak one in. The wife and the two of my granddaughters went to go see the new baby. So uh, I'm going to sneak a show in real quick and, uh, and give you some stuff to to think about and, uh, and you know, uh, chew on for a few days, and I'll be back again on probably do a show Sunday, Monday, Wednesday. I'm going to I'm going to load you. I'm going to I'm going to gag you with my knowledge <laughs> and uh detomism. Ooh, new word, detomism. All right. All right, couple things guys, please, please, please. I need you to please whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, please share this with your friends. Um the 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 loyal listeners that we have you know, there's probably about five of you. No, there's there's a chunk. We have a we have a pretty good little following. Um, I need you guys. I really need your help um, to help spread this word. Whatever podcast app you're on, please number one, share this with your friends. Subscribe to the show so when I have situations like this come up, you understand what's going on. Uh, follow us on social media, uh, Facebook and Instagram. Don't tread on America. Uh, Twitter. DTOM underscore 1775, and I'm on Twitter, PCGC underscore 1775. Yeah, but please, guys, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast app you're listening to this on. Share this with your friends. And if that podcast app in which you're listening to this on has a option to give us a rating, please do so. And uh, with that being said, on with the show. All right. 
So, uh, as you guys are well aware, um, they're trying to pass some gun legislation. Uh, the House passed a bill which isn't going to stand a chance in Senate, so I'm not even going to discuss that. Now, of course, in the Senate, you've had a situation with um, you had ten, you have I shouldn't say had have ten Republicans and ten Democrats. They did a little behind the scenes uh, working dealing shit uh, dealing on stuff. Of course, you have ten ten of those um, Republicans. A couple of those folks are not seeking re-election. Some of them are being primaried. Some of them, you know. Whatever. It sounded like everything was going to be golden. So top top negotiators on the bipartisan gun safety framework huddled behind closed doors for several hours Wednesday evening to try and solve remaining differences on the package. But the group's effort to expedite passage on the agreement is stalled, at least for the moment. Since a group of 10 Democrats and 10 Republicans announced an agreement on the framework, a proposed proposals aiming at curbing gun violence in the wake of the shootings in Uvalde and Buffalo on Sunday. A bipartisan group of senators has been working to speedily turn the list of ideas into a bill ready for con- consideration on the Senate floor for next week. But two provisions, one focused on incentivizing states to implement violence prevention programs and other dealing with clo- uh, closing the so-called boyfriend loophole, are now plaguing negotiations. Chief Republican negotiator John Cornyn of Texas said Wednesday, if we can settle these two issues, I think we are well on our way, but I'm concerned now given the time it takes and the need to complete our work really by tomorrow that we've got to settle these issues. Cornyn told reporters Wednesday morning, the negotiators... Why can't I say that word? The negotiators emerged from their meeting Wednesday evening. They noted some progress, but said discussions... On these two major issues, we'll need to continue on Thursday. Uh, We did make progress, Corning said, but we're not there yet. We are continuing to make progress, uh, Senator Chris Murphy, top Democrat negotiator, said after Corner's departure, this is a very tight timeline to land some very serious issues. Senators are feeling the time crunch as they try to meet an ambitious deadline to turn their announcement framework into law. If senators wish to see their vote on their package before the Senate departs for a two-week recess on June 27th, they need to turn their framework agreement into the next bill other senators can review it it and vote on. Challenges over how to create a program support or incentivize state violence prevention programs, including red flag laws designed to temporarily seize weapons from those deemed by court by court to be a danger to themselves or others have been bubbling up in the Republican conference since the proposal of the framework announced. According to Cornyn, negotiators are struggling over whether funds made available to states to support red flag programs should be available to states with other types of violence prevention programs like veterans courts, mental health courts, and assisted outpatient treatment programs. Some Republicans have long struggled with red flag programs out of concerns that these provisions violate the due process rights of those accused of being a threat. During a closed-door Republican conference meeting on Tuesday, several Republican lawmakers outside the negotiating group told ABC News that they had concerns about provising, I'm sorry, provisions supporting red flag laws. Corning, according to numerous participants, repeatedly assured his colleagues 
there would be no federal mandate to implement the laws. He also echoed an earlier speech in which he said their impending legislation would endure that the state does not take federal funding would be required to ensure the due process rights of anyone potentially falling under rag flag order, also called an extreme risk to protection order. Most of the discussion around the red flag issue is that the greatest concern, as well as we do the right thing, Senator Kevin Kramer of North Dakota said Tuesday, I think we're more interested in the red wave than we are red flags. Quite honestly, as Republicans, and we have a pretty good opportunity to do that. Seemingly, a conference to possibility of, re of Republicans taking control of the Congress this fall. Still, Democrats are optimistic. Their solution to red flag laws, Senator Rich, Richard Blumenthal, had been leading the group's effort on red flag laws. Said Wednesday that negotiators have already been discussing on a very doable situation. We need to support every possible way to re intervene in crisis before before uh, they produce violence. Any red flag laws need investment in of hundreds of millions of dollars in them as an incentive, but to implement them at the same time, we can bear. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop reading here because what's pissing me off about this red flag law is you there's there's it's too broad of a spectrum okay so ideally what a red flag law is this okay husband and wife get into a fight and i have a story on this so this is why i'm using this as an example husband and wife get into a fight wife calls the cops says the husband's acting funny he's got guns cops come take guns so where's the due process in this so now husband has to get lawyer you know, prove, you know, go to a doctor, prove he's not crazy, you know, whatever the cases are, there's no due process when you're seizing said weaponry. And the boyfriend loophole, that's a whole nother situation. So the boyfriend loophole under current law, unmarried partners who commit domestic violence are not barred from purchasing a firearm. Those spouses who perpetrate domestic violences are negotiated. So basically what that's saying is, Husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. So it's called the boyfriend loophole, so we'll call boyfriend, girlfriend. So you live with your boyfriend, or you live with your girlfriend, whatever. Um, and you guys are violent towards one another. Number one, my question is, why in the fuck are you with this person? Number one. Number two, if you're a female and your boyfriend is violent towards you and you're there, why in the hell would you go buy a gun for him? Or if you were thinking of buying it for yourself, I don't know. I understand what they're saying. Now, ideally, if uh, a person, man or woman, is convicted of a felony of some sort, technically, at least I know, I think this is how, I know it's how it is in Florida. I don't know if this is a federal thing or not. They're not even allowed to be in the house. If they're, let me rephrase that. If they're convicted of a violent crime, felony, they're not allowed to be in the house with weapon, with guns. So, why would you be in these relationships. I know it's easy for me to ask because I'm not a bad wife or spouse or girlfriend or whatever. I get it. I get the arguments. But the fact of the matter is this. If if me and my wife got into a fight over whatever and to get back at me, she calls the cops and says whatever to get my guns taken away, do you think that's going to make things better? Now, I would never hit my wife. We don't even really argue that much. If we do, it's a random occurrence. But even then, it's a stupid fight, and we're over it in a few minutes. 
But in these situations, if you're married to someone and you guys constantly fight, even if you fight once a week or once a month or whatever the case may be, and he has, you know, a gun or guns, and you know how he is, even though you know he's not going to be violent, if he's never hit you, if you guys just argue, but he's never shown physical violence towards you, why would you exacerbate the situation by trying to get his guns taken away? Most guys that own guns, especially that own multiple guns, that's like their thing. Like if you have a gun for protection, like if you're, if you're like, you know, I think I need to buy a shotgun, you know, to protect the house. And you just have that shotgun and a box of shells. Or you buy a handgun of whatever caliber and you have a box of shells. And that's, and that's the case for a lot of people. There's 330-some-odd million guns. And it's not gun owners because that would be pretty much every person in the country. There's roughly 330 or so guns in circulation. Legal, I should say, legal guns in circulation. So obviously that means there's people that own multiple guns, right? But there are also people that just own that one firearm whether it be a handgun of whatever caliber or a shotgun, 12-gauge, 20-gauge, whatever the case may be, because they feel that's all they need for home defense. And that's cool. That's what you want, and that's what you think. You're fine. My point being is there's a chunk of American men, especially. I mean, I'm sure there are some women also. But there's a chunk of American men that own more than one gun. I see these stories on TV whether you want to use these last two shootings that they talk about, there's not, these are the last two shootings, but we'll just use Uvalde and Buffalo. They focus on, Oh, the Uvalde shooter. He just bought, you know, $10,000 worth of equipment. He had two ARs and he had X amount of ammo and blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of guys out there to own guns and they're just like, really? That's it. You're stressing over that. I think the deal is with him, with this kid is that he was 18 unemployed, had two AR 15s, not a big deal to most gun owners. But the, the brands that he had for a novice gun owner, usually you don't go out and buy $2,000 ARs, is my point. Um, but nonetheless, most guys that own, that are gun guys, they have more than one, probably more than five, more than seven guns. Probably have a nice little chunk of ammunition for said guns. So... <laughs> If you were to get to an argument with your husband over some stupid shit like he didn't take the garbage out and then to get him back, you you call the cops on him and say whatever and they come and get his guns, that's not making things better. Case in point, just this past year, there was a Supreme Court ruling and it delegitimized red flag laws. This is Supreme Court, not a district court, not a regional court, not a local court, not a county court. This is the Supreme Court law of the land, right? So feeling irrationally angry after an argument with his wife in 2015, the police were called on firearm owner Edward uh, Caniglia to perform a welfare check. He agreed to undergo a psychiatric evaluation at the hospital to determine suicide, if he was suicidal on the condition that the police not confiscate his guns. So the cops came to his house. They said whatever. Would you agree to a psychiatric evaluation to make sure you're not suicidal? He said, yeah, I'll do that as long as you guys don't take my guns. 
Upon returning to the home, however, he found out the guns had unconstitutionally searched his house and seized his firearm. For the first time in 13 years, the court upheld both privacy and gun rights, this time unanimously. It was a 9-0 decision, and it has the potential to create lasting effects to set precedent as powerful as the D.C. Heller in 08. So, the gentleman sued the officers. The first district court ruled in favor of the police officers and incorrectly claimed the seizure was justified under the community's caretaking exemptions to the Fourth Amendment. In essence, the court tried to equate the police stopping to help the disabled vehicle on the side of the road illegally search the private rev- residence. The gentleman, Coniglia, appealed his case and was reviewed by the Supreme Court in 21. Justice Thomas uh, expressed the majority opinion of all nine justices that such an overt violation of the Fourth Amendment was obviously unconstitutional. The Supreme Court rightly protected the sanctity of the home on May 17th's landmark decision. The first district court inadequately, 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 there we go, <laughs> reason caretaking exceptions is an example of a ruse often used by a state when individual rights prevent it from getting what it wants. This reaffirmation of both privacy and Second Amendment rights should give pause to advocates of red flag laws. Posing as defenders of public safety, red flag laws bypass the Second and Fourth Amendment while simultaneously abolishing due process. Libertas Institute consistently defends both Second and Fourth Amendment rights and has previously fought against red flag laws, which have been proposed in Utah as recent as 2020. Within the context of red flag laws, a person may call on the police to conduct a warrantless intrusion into their neighbor's home to illegally seize the firearms under the slightest suspicion that the firearm owner may possess some public danger, only after proving their innocent before a court where they have been presumed guilty of pre-crime can a law abiding citizen possibly retrieve their property. And Coniglia versus Strom teaches us anything. Um, it is that the government cannot justify itself around the Fourth Amendment to invade private residence based on a fear or gut feeling. The court's decision serves as a reminder that the public must continually call out unconstitutional practices and push back the encroaching vines of our arbitrary government. Uh, intervention in order to retain their rights without a valid warrant the person home remains its sanctuary free from unreasonable government intrusions that is the supreme court ruling just last year all nine justices ruled in favor of the second amendment and the fourth amendment but yet here we have a couple shootings and now we're trying to pass red flag laws once again. Now, where I live in Florida, now Florida did pass red flag laws back when um, Rick Scott was in office. That thing was after um, Parkland, if I'm not mistaken. Um, here's the thing. Um, <laughs> what pisses me off about this is, and this is, this, is, this is politicians for you. Rick Scott was governor of the state. He's now a senator. As governor, 
after Parkland, we had a knee-jerk reaction, much like what happens after these shootings. We talked about it a couple of shows ago when I talked about Australia, what Australia did in 96. Yeah, the shooting in um, the uh, Tasmanian town. I don't remember the town, but nonetheless, there was Port Arthur, I think, whatever. Uh, mass shooting, however many died, whatever. Within two weeks of that incident, they confiscated everyone's guns. Knee-jerk reactions to a situation. So everyone's guilty of one person's crime. So Parkland happened. Nelson Cruz, I think was his name, did what he did. Uh, the lone survivor, David Hogg, from what I understand. I'm obviously being facetious. Nonetheless, we're all guilty. Everyone that owns a gun is guilty because of this one dude. So in a knee-jerk effort, we pass red flag laws in the state of Florida also we push the age to be able to buy a rifle to 21. Not only that, but it used to be no waiting period for a rifle. So you could go to your gun shop and you want to buy whatever rifle. And you could, as long you know, you fill out your paperwork, you do everything. They do the background check. It comes back good. You're good. You leave. Um, because of that one incident, all that stuff went away. But now, Senator Scott from Florida wants to oppose expanding the de the uh, age limit oppose red flag laws okay that's cool whatever i got you i agree with you but <laughs> why the fuck did you were you so eager to sign off on the bill when you were governor of the state of florida now we have a liberty loving governor in this state thank god it'd be nice if we could he could be governor for life i know he's got greater ambitions i think he'll do four more years and he'll be your next president you're welcome but um, what I would like to see Governor DeSantis do in this state, number one, it's on the table. They're about to pass constitutional carry, constitutional open carry in the state of Florida. Can't wait. But number two, they need to dismiss the red flag laws in this state because of this ruling right here. As soon as this ruling came out last year, any state that had a red flag law should have abolished it. You know, point uh, plain and simple. It's um, a situation where the county I live in in this state, without giving away too information, too much information, people that know me that are listening to this know where I live. Whatever, people that are listening to this that don't know me, you don't need to know where I live. Nonetheless, the the uh, county in which I live in has a relatively popular sheriff. Uh, this gentleman does not put up with bullshit and has come out said that red flag laws are unconstitutional and barring any major situation will probably not uphold that statue. He will not just willy-nilly. The, the officers, well, probably not all the officers, but their sergeants, their, their uh, you know, the uh, squad leaders, whatever, are taught they have certain situations where if a red flag law is presented they figure it out before it gets to that point where they have to seize the guns let's put it that way anyway red flag laws unconstitutional per the supreme court but yet now we're going to pat we're going to make up a rule that it's that it's constitutional now so 
it'll be interesting to see where this is going. This is why it's getting stalled. They tried a knee-jerk react, and there's, there's people in, and everyone figured Senate was just going to pass it. And I'm not saying it won't pass, but there's a very good chance that it gets held up, at least till their two-week summer vacation's over. But, you know, whatever. All right. Second bit of news. Now, this is an older story, but it has resurfaced. And the question here is, um, this is from an ex-general, and I'll give you his name in a second, hopefully. But he's saying, prepare for a military coup after the 2024 elections. Retired general has warned that another insurrection attempt could succeed in 24 if confusion is successfully sown among U.S. military members about who the commander-in-chief is. Paul Eaton, a former two-store U.S. Army Major General, told NPR about his concerns that the U.S. military might be compromised by um, contempting claims of who won the election and who it should take orders from. He said he is worried that some members of the military might not understand who the duly elected president is. If that is not a clear understanding uh, that can inflect and rank and file, um, maybe, maybe not. I think if if Biden is still president, assuming he runs again, which I can't even imagine that. I know he said he is, but you know that's still two, <laughs> you know, two plus years away. Um, I don't see it happening personally. I can't imagine him even running, let alone winning. The way things are going now, I mean, there'd have to be a dramatic turnaround in his last year and a half of, of being a president for him to run successfully. Um, and whoever he runs against, assuming he's running, whether it be Trump or DeSantis or whoever, um, there's no way in hell. The way things are right now, like I said, it's a shithole. And it's and it's only going to get worse right now. Everyone, I don't have to go into gas prices the what 18th day in a row of high gas prices i don't have to you guys know this i don't have to talk about it you know i don't have to talk about the prices at the grocery stores you know now granted the thing the, the fucked up thing about all of this is is quickly as it's every day it seems shit's just a little bit more expensive on a daily basis it's even worse when you say well this time last year gas was three dollars and now it's five well, shit, when it was 3 we were like, what the fuck is $3? <laughs> you know, because a year ago before then, it was $2. So, since he's been president, it's more than doubled gas prices, which in turn has cost everything else to go up 10 20 30 40%. So, in a year and a half that he's been president... We're at, what, almost fucking 9% inflation, 8.6, whatever. It'll probably be 9% by next month or by August, if not um, next month. What, how, <laughs> it, it, it rises a lot faster than it goes down. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I just don't see them being able to turn it around. Because realistically, let's say it hits 9% in August. And that's the highest it gets. Let's just assume that's the case. Let's pray that that's actually the case. Not that I want him to run again and be president for another four years after his term's up. But I, as well as everyone listening to this, I would assume, is feeling the pain. <laughs> as much as you don't want Biden to succeed, we kind of need him to succeed or we're going to be broke. 
Look at your 401k. Look at your stock portfolio. We're broke. We're losing money on a daily basis. And I know it pisses me off something fierce. But there's no way in hell it's going to go from 9%, possibly, maybe 10 and turn around and drop down to what it was two years ago. 2%. It's not going to happen. And even if it does happen, as we well know, prices might not reflect that. You might not see shit go back down. Gas, yeah, maybe, but I'm talking about the grocery store. It's probably still going to be expensive. Will there be a coup? I can't imagine. But I think the bigger question is, will there be a civil war? Now, I have talked about this a couple of different times since doing this podcast. And it stemmed, in my opinion, the, you know, I've talked about a cold civil war, that we're in a cold civil war. I did a show, is the cold civil war turning hot? The things that are building up gun legislations, abortion cases, uh, whatever. There's all these little things, the, the economy, gas prices, all these little things. So even if, you, if you're against guns and you're pro-abortion, or if you're against abortion and you're pro-guns, whatever side of that argument you're on, everyone is feeling the, <laughs> the pain at the pump. Everyone is feeling the pain at the grocery store. You might go to the grocery store and you used to be able to drop a hundred bucks and fill your your shopping cart. Now a hundred bucks is two, three bags. You used to be able to go to the gas station, twenty bucks to fill you up, twenty bucks gets you a quarter of a tank. So everybody's feeling that. No matter if you're pro abortion or not, if you're pro gun or not. So you have the frustration of court rulings. You have the frustration of mass shootings and guns. We need to ban guns. You have the frustration of police brutality. You have the frustration of whatever. No matter what side of those arguments you're on, add that to the fact that you are having frustrations when you're trying to buy gas, when you're trying to buy food, when you're trying to buy baby uh, formula, which is still empty everywhere, when you're trying to buy stuff that you need for your kids. Those, and what's really bad is it's with it being summertime, it's no school. So at least when you had school, you know, most schools had like breakfast programs and, and of course lunch. Now your kids are home 24-7. There is no breakfast programs. There is no lunch programs. You got to do that. So grocery bills go up and it's $5 for a carton of eggs, a gallon of milk. So you feel that frustration and they just keep throwing more shit at you. Keep on throwing more shit at you. So the question is, could the Supreme Court, you know, foster a new kind of civil war? So, the, you know, the Supreme Court's ruling that could possibly overturn Roe versus Wade, you know, has been capturing all news attention since the alleged leak happened, what, about a month ago. But the court could well lay the groundworks for an e even larger change in American governance before it adjourns for the term and trigger a state-by-state -state, uh, battle for a new shape of laws in American civil life. If Roe, So now what's the case? It's Dobbs versus something. I can't think of the... I know it's Dobbs, but nonetheless. Um, 
So if if it's overturned, you know, if Roe versus Wade is overturned, activists on both sides are already uh, girding for a full force political battle over state abortion access, possibly followed by similar struggles over contraception and same-sex marriage. I don't know what that has to do with abortion, because if you're a man with a man or a woman with with a woman, you have to worry about being pregnant. You don't have to worry about getting an abortion. So I don't so I don't know what that's got to do with the fucking price of tea in China, but whatever. Beyond his decision on abortion, however, the court is expected to rule in no fewer than three cases this month and could open up many more fronts in a state-by-state conflict by severely limiting federal agencies' authority to promulgate... (laughs) Why they got to use funky words? (laughs) Regulations. They all sound dry, but their implication could be sweeping. The first two cases involve Medicare payments... And um, the third case is about a Clean Air Act, West Virginia versus in the EPA. On the surface, they address typical Supreme Court arcana. Um, One of the Medicare cases involves uh, a paragraph of medical law that Justice Stephen Breyer, in oral argument last November, admitted that he had to read two or three times to understand the West Virginia case asked whether Paragraph 7411D in the Clean Air Act applies only to actions that power plants control their facilities and beyond. So anyway, there's a a chunk of um, Supreme Court cases that are going to be, you're going to hear decisions on within the next couple weeks. Um, I don't know that anyone's going to lose their shit over West Virginia versus the EPA over (laughs) Medicare payments. The big ones are going to be anything involving guns. Uh, and, of course, the biggest one is the abortion case. Um, if we've already seen how this abortion situation is, is blowing up, you've had Kavanaugh's life threatened. Gentlemen arrested, gun, zip ties, you know, a list, a hit list of senators and, and other um, court clerks and judges uh, they're constantly protesting in front of these judges' houses. Uh, obviously, nothing being done about that. But um, <laughs> if these people are so uh, pissed off over a leak, um, obviously, they're doing what they're doing to try and sway their opinion. But if... If the judges do their job, if the leak is true, and they do what they said they were going to do in the leak, if these people are so pissed off that they're doing what they're doing in front of their houses, what are they? And, and the one guy that you know supposedly was going to go to Kavanaugh's house to kill him, what are they going to do when the shit actually passes? This is all based on a innuendo of a leak that we don't even know if it's true or not. We know it was leaked and they kind of, okay, you know, whatever it may, I'm, I'm sure it's true. I'm sure it's a legit leak. My point is, is it's not even passed and look at what they're doing. What's going to happen when it passes on top of these gun issues on top of <laughs> your money, you know, we are boiling over. We are, I, I used the analogy the other day. It's like, we're a pot of water boiling. We got, too many noodles in the pot. The water's coming to the top. And we're about to boil over. And it's hot outside. I don't, I don't need to tell you this. It's hot everywhere in this country. How is that possible? It takes me back. 
and not to laugh, it takes me back to the 20s, the 1920s. Talked about it, great, the new Great Depression. I call this this era right now that we're in. No one sees it. No one's paying attention. But 1918, Spanish flu. Go back and look at the show, guys. Back in August, new Great Depression. I talked about it. Uh, 1918, Spanish flu. Roaring 20s. Government dumped a shit ton of money into the into the public to increase spending. Stock market flourished. People were buying. People overbought. Suppliers had too much supply. Had over surplus, which you're seeing that now. Look at Target. Target stopped buying from vendors. Okay? Think about it, guys. History's repeating itself. We're not paying attention. Now what do we have? Unbearable heat throughout the country. Not parts of the country. The whole freaking country. What happened in 1928, I think it was, Dust Bowl in the Midwest dried up all the fucking uh, food. Dried up all the land. Couldn't produce food. I got a story here where they're killing... They're not killing cows, but the heat is killing cows. Just the other day, 3,000 cattle killed by a heat wave in Kansas. Guys, if you don't believe that the government is possibly pushing this, this heat, this boil over, this situation to get all of us at each other's throat and want to just kill each other, you need to open your fucking eyes. I don't know how much more bluntly to put it. Okay? I really don't. What I'm telling you is this. Can the government control the weather? I don't know. If you want to dive into a conspiracy theory, I'm going to tell you, yeah. Look up harp. Look up harp device. Look it up. It's an actual thing. I'm not making it up. You can actually Google harp. H-A-R-P. Capital A period. A period. H period. A period. R period. P period. Harp. Look it up. They can control the weather. They can do these things. Are they possibly creating this heat wave? It's a hot period. Obviously, there's... There's multitude of reasons to make it hot. Number one, you can argue climate control. You can climate change. You can, oh, look at this hot. We're dying. You need to buy an electric car. <laughs> uh, how many food processing plants have burnt up, got hit by a plane, whatever the case is? How many chickens have they had to kill because of bird disease? This is not, I'm not, I'm not saying ever in the world, in the life of this country. I'm talking about within the last year. How many food processing, plant, processing plants have had accidents where they've closed down? How many food processing plants are just closing down? Lack of workers. How many chickens have been had to kill? How many cows have died from the heat? They're fucking with our food. <sighs> and one can't wonder that this isn't being done on purpose. But what I can say about one thing is this. With all this stuff going on, it it really, I've never been a guy that was like, oh man, Florida's the best. You know, there's, Florida, you know, you live here, it's hot as balls. <laughs> of course, right now, everywhere's hot as balls. But uh, you see the the stuff, y'all, I, I, I live with y'all, where y'all vacation at. And I'll tell you this, 
this time of year, Florida is not fun to be in because it's really, really hot unless you have a pool or access to the beach on a regular basis. Now, I like being on vacation when I live in Florida because I can go to the beach. I can do whatever. It's right down the road. No big deal. Um, in the wintertime, it's great in Florida. About October, November, somewhere around there to like May, it's awesome. Now, granted, it gets hot during that time. Not hot like it's hot now, but it's not fall to spring like it is in the north. It's summer <laughs> like it is in the north. And then late November into probably early February or so, it's it's war- it's you know 70, 80 degrees. You have some days that might be a little hotter and then some days that are probably a little bit colder, but nothing crazy. We have our cold snaps, nothing like what you guys see in the north. But my point is, I've never been that guy that's like, Florida's the best until these last couple years that DeSantis has been our governor. Now, I'll tell you, when he ran for governor in the state, I was like, really? Because he was a congressman from Florida. Uh, I think he did one term as a congressman. He's a young guy, you know. And I was just like, yeah, he's running for governor. I don't know, DeSantis. Okay, well, I'm going to vote for him because I'm not voting for the other person, right? Um, He's been great to the point where, I mean, Elon Musk is talking about him for president, right? Uh, DeSantis has said he's not running. He's focused on being governor in elections this year. Um, But with all the stuff going on, you know, especially with the Civil War talk, you know, it's, in Florida we have a great governor, Ronnie. Like we, well, we like to call him here on the D-Tom show, Ronnie Double D DeSantis. He unveils, unveils, I should say, the new Florida State Guard. Now, he talked about this earlier in the year, maybe it was December, but nonetheless. Uh, he, it's come to fruition. It's, he signed the bill uh, yesterday. Here he is. Uh, launch the Florida State Guard. So that'll be basically a complement to the National Guard. It'll have similar functions. It's just this is not going to be able to be commandeered by the federal government. And so what the feds will do, you know, they will deploy our National Guardsmen all over the world. They will impose different types of mandates and restrictions from an administrative perspective. And our view is, you know, we want to be in control of the of the administrative stuff. So, for example, the feds have kicked out uh, people from active duty military service because of because of the COVID vax issue, and those are folks that we would obviously accept uh, to be in the Florida State Guard. We think those mandates are inappropriate. And so uh, we have we we got funding for about 400 slots, but we already had even before we put out uh, the announcement yesterday, we had already had 1,200 applicants. I think you're going to see that grow a lot. Uh, over the next few weeks. The money will be available July 1st. And send what folks will get, they, it's not going to be the same necessarily as being the National Guard, uh, but you will get paid a stipend when you drill. Uh, we don't have the ability to do like military retirements at the state level, uh, but we can do, we can do that. Uh, so they will go through training. 
and, and they will have to be trained for, for, for weapons or whatever they're going to do. It'll really be no different than how the National Guard uh, functions. It's just the difference will be we will be able to control the administrative of it, and they will not be able to be mobilized by Washington. Uh, because, you know, we'll have situations like we use the National Guard for COVID. We had people out to nursing homes. We had National Guard delivering monoclonal, all these different things, which is great, but that stretched them thin. Then when some of them are getting deployed around the world, it makes it more difficult for us to meet the needs that we have. And state of Florida has some of the lowest guard-to-citizen ratios in the entire country. We've got a big state, and we have a lot of needs. So this will really be a force multiplier. My sense is, is that there's enough demand in this, and I've talked to the incoming speaker about it. I think that they're going to want to uh, uh, expand this as years go on, and I think it's going to be something that's going to be very good. So, yeah, that's, that's my governor right there. Now, of course, his opponent, one of his opponents coming up in the, the election, Nikki Freed, who is our, uh, what is she, our ag commissioner or whatever the fuck she is. She's a piece of shit. Um, but she calls DeSantis a dictator and this is his army of minions and whatever. And now I could apply for this. I'm like, I looked up the application. I was like, shit, that sounds like something I should do. Let's do this. Let's do it. I'm, hey, Chris, let's do this. Then I start reading that, you know, okay, here's my name. Here's my address. You know, now my age, eh, yeah, I'm almost 50 weight. Eh, well, I'm 250. I mean, I'm probably not the ideal size. Um, but you know, realistically, I don't know about the age aspect. You can't change that. But as far as, uh, weight and size and whatever, I think it's about being able to do the, uh, you know, the requirements run a mile and however much time do however many pushups, however many sit-ups, whatever the case may be. Um, obviously they're not looking to fill slots that bad that they want to fucking, damn near over the hill fucking redneck to <laughs> to join up but uh i'm here if y'all need me they've got 1200 applicants 400 slots so obviously they're going to be fine i would be i'd be curious my my just talking to chris about this my my curiosity would be to read some of those applications and hear hear me thinking i'm you know too old and too fat to to join up, I can only imagine some of the people that may have signed up for this, knowing some of the people that uh, I know. But, anywho, in closing, I'm going to make this a short show because it's getting a little bit later in the afternoon, and you know I get up at eleven o'clock at night, so it's uh, it's about time for me to put a lid on things. So, I want to touch on one more thing. All right, so most of y'all know who Charlie Kurt is. Um, he was doing a, uh, like a, a, a whatever, chit-chat at a college. I don't know what college. doesn't matter. But it's interesting. So this college student, student asks a question about the Constitution. I have the video here. I'm going to play it. And uh, just listen to his response. It's, it's kind of funny here. the best document in political history? I Greatest mean? political document ever. There you go. Thank you. Um, I, she I want to know how is it possible to believe that when it's based on racist principles? They describe uh, indigenous peoples as merciless Indian savages. Uh, they don't describe African Americans as full people. And they don't even recognize other people of color and other uh, minority, minorities that we see today. So 
I just want to know how you think it's possible to believe that's such a great document. We're Thank you for upon. the question. Where does it say that in the document? No, no, Keeper. Where, where does it say that in the document? I'm sorry, what? Where does it say what you said in the actual document? Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. It but doesn't. No, no, no. Uh, it, Instead, instead, do you know what it does say? Provide for the general welfare of all people. I love the story of Thaddeus Stevens, who fought like hell to make sure that blacks could have the right to vote. I, I, love, I love the story of the Republican Party, which was founded in 1860 as an anti-slavery party. I, I hate what happened to indigenous people under Democrat presidents. Here's why it's the greatest document ever, is because in a land with so many different backgrounds and languages and cultures in this room from all over the world, we can peacefully have a conversation while all that's protected simultaneously. While we can agree to disagree, we can have this conversation. What you said is nowhere in the founding documents at all. What you said is what some of the prejudices that was in the people of the Founding Fathers. This is called a logical fallacy. Tell me why the document is not correct. Don't tell me the sins of the authors. It's a big difference. So, <clears throat> it's true. I mean, everyone equates the, found, like he said, the Founding Fathers that wrote the document that um, participated in the revolution and the freedom of this country and the things that they did having slaves and whatnot as, you know, if they were racist, I, I don't want to excuse slavery, but I'm going to say this about that. It was the thing, the thing to do. I don't know if that's the right terminology, how I want to say that, but let me, let me put it like this. In that time, Everyone had slaves, not just this country. <laughs> Every country had slaves. The, the misnomer of slave trading is that we went to, we, we I didn't, but uh, our founding fathers or colonists, whatever you want to call it, colonists, England, whoever, went to Africa with slave ships, loaded up a bunch of, you know, African, you know, Africans, loaded them, made them get on these ships, and stole them and brought them to America. Like there's an old uh, Bob Marley sto uh, song, you know, stole them from Africa, brought them to America. You know, Buffalo so Soldiers, the name of the song. But that's not true. That's not true. I love Bob Marley. I like a lot of his music. I love that song. But it's not true. We did not steal them. White man did not come to Africa and steal the black man and bring them to America. What actually happened was the white man went to Africa and stole, no, and bought <laughs> these uh, Africans, men, women, whatever, from other black men in Africa. So just like any country in this whole entire world, even back in the 16, 1700s, even back then, 
you had class of citizens. If uh, Nigeria and uh, the Ivory Coast and that part of Africa where a lot of the slaves came from, okay, if the majority of that country, I would say, were, were black folks, you still had class of citizens. You had some black folks in that country that were uh, below whatever. You had the lower class, the middle class, and you had the upper class. All, everyone black, okay? Everyone black. You had different class of citizens. So you had rich black people. You had middle class and lower class. So what the rich did is they took the dumb lower class, the, 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 the low of the low, essentially, and sold them how, however it happened. But they physically sold them to the white man, whether they were taking them to the new world in America or they were taking them to England or Spain or Germany or uh, Russia, China, where in the fuck they were taking them. They didn't steal them. They didn't force them to get on the boat. They were sold into the slave trade. Okay? So be that as it may. Were the founding fathers racist? It's hard to answer that question because none of us lived back then. Just like you can't, just like everyone wants to try and dictate the, the uh, fucking 10, you know, the, the Bill of Rights and the Second Amendment. Well, it was different back then. It was different. Okay, so it was different back then. You guys are sitting here telling me that the Second Amendment doesn't mean what it means now like it meant back then. Because back then it was this, that, and the other thing. And it was a bunch of blah, 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 blah. Okay, it's the same fucking thing for the people that owned slaves. It was different back then. Okay? In the meantime, the countries that do use slaves and own slaves, we bow down and we worship them. We buy products from these countries that most of said products are made by, yes, slaves. They might not be black people from, from Africa, but slaves nonetheless. Okay? My point is not saying it's right Definitely, it's wrong. It was wrong then. It's wrong now. The problem is, is back then, it was how things were done. Not just in America. In any country, Africa had slaves. Yes, look it up. England, Germany, Spain, any country in Europe. Russia, China, India. Egypt. Saudi. Do I need to keep going? Canada. They all had slaves. Were they all black? No. <laughs> Shock. Shock to the world. <laughs> Breaking news right here on the fucking D-Tom show. <laughs> all slaves were not black. Contrary to popular opinion, as we do this show on the precipice of Juneteenth, all slaves were not black. <laughs> Some slaves, a lot of slaves, we're Irish because why? The English, the English, the Englishmen, whatever you want to call them, deemed Irishmen as lower class citizens, so they used them as slaves. Breaking news: This just in. You know who else we had in this country as slaves? Chinese. They helped build the fucking railroads. Guys, what I'm trying to tell you is, slavery is not a white and black thing. There was white slaves. There was black slaves. There was Chinese slaves. There were slaves of all colors and ethnicities. Okay? 
I'm tired of everything being black and white. There is right or wrong. And I'm not saying it was right. But it was the time that we lived in. The people that wrote these documents were not necessarily racist because they owned slaves. Okay? And in the documents, like he just said, all people, not white people. She's making up stuff. See, this is what happens to kids when we don't actually teach fucking history. Right? And, we f- and they learn their history from Snapchat, from uh, TikTok, uh, Instagram. And, and they get it from quote-unquote influencers. People that are probably just a little bit smarter than they are. And you see how dumb they are. Because they have, oh, I have a million followers, so I'm telling you that slave trade was bad and that the people that wrote the, the Constitution were racist. I have a million followers, so obviously I know what I'm talking about. No, the fuck you don't. Put your big titties and walk the fuck away because you're stupid. Okay? <laughs> Go make a sex tape and maybe you'll be big like Kim Kardashian. <laughs> These people are fucking morons and we're creating a generation of fucking morons. Please, guys, teach your kids some history. Don't send them off to Google school. Don't send them off to Snapchat school. Teach them. I've always said, a recent time, the best thing that's happened to this country was COVID. Oh, that's not right, Don. COVID killed 10 trillion people. Wait, what? (laughs) Oh, it's killing. It's bad. No, it was good. In this country, it was good because, okay, yes, it killed people. Not saying that's good. But it killed people, and that's good. No, Um, It caused kids to have to be homeschooled. It caused parents to have to be able to see what kids are learning. Not because they wanted to, but because they could overhear them on the computer in the classes. That's why this whole CRT thing blew up. Get involved in your kids' education. When my kids were little, I always asked them, what would you learn today? Obviously, for those of you that have been listening to the show for an extended period of time, you know that I like history. So that was always my kids' So, what, oh, I'm, we're learning about whatever in history. So, you're learning what they're teaching or what, what is it? Let me read the book. Okay, this is what really happened. Because since I was in school, and I'm not 100, okay, I had kids relatively young. My, I'm 48. My, my youngest is 26. My oldest is about to be, well, yeah, she's about to be 30. No, she's about to be 29. She'll be 30 next year. Anyway, point being is, I was young. So, between the times I graduated high school and they graduated high school wasn't a great span of time. You're only talking maybe 20 years of time. In that time frame, they changed the history or they deleted stuff out of. They gave brief Cliff Notes version of history. What makes it worse is nowadays... They don't even go into detail. And kids see stuff on these different social media platforms. And it's not even that they're looking to learn about whatever. It's just that these influencers, oh my God, I got 2 million followers. And I'm telling you, these people are racist. Oh my gosh, she said they're racist, so they must be. You see what I'm saying? 
Oh, I saw a story on Snapchat, and they said that George Washington owned slaves, and that's racist. So he's racist, and this whole country's racist because of George Washington. Oh, um, no? <laughs> so, please, if you don't do anything else with your kids, teach them. Don't just ignore them, because <laughs> we're getting old. These people, <laughs> our children, are going to be running the country. God help us. If you think things are fucked up now with this jackass in the White House and he's, what is he, 90? <laughs> What's going to happen in 10, 20, 30 years when our kids that are 18, 19, 25, you know, whatever old your kids are, are running for Congress and Senate and they don't know shit from shit. They'll, yeah, sure. Uh, Chinese man, you want, you want to take over the country? Where do I sign? Right here? Okay. There you go. I don't even care. I just want to get on Snapchat and look at the girls. You know, the oh, I'm sorry, the non-binary he, she, them. Because that's what we teach kids. This country's going to hell, guys. And it's our fault because we let it happen. It's time for us to stop this shit. We've got to stop it. All right. <sighs> Didn't expect to go this long, but here we are. Because, you know, that's what we do. Anyway, with that being said, guys, um, please make sure you go to the uh, Facebook page, our website, DontTreadOnAmerica.com, and uh, subscribe, like, share, whatever podcast app you're on. Subscribe, like, share, uh, tell your friends, and uh, let's keep this train rolling, guys. We're on the track to hit 10,000. Let's do it, and then I can start charging you. No, I'm joking. But seriously, I need to start making money off this, so let's go. No. Anyway, guys, share this with your friends, um, and I will be back. I'll, I'm like I'm telling you, I'm probably gonna mouth gag you with shows next week, just because I'm gonna. I've got to. I'm I'm telling you this, so I'm telling myself this. I've got to get into a situation of uh, storing some shows. So when weeks like this happen, I've still got shows in the archives. Obviously, they wouldn't be uh, current event shows. I need to get some series going, like I did the rise and fall of the empires i need to start doing some things there so if you guys have any ideas suggestions go to the website don't tread on america and uh shoot me some ideas please i'm stupid i don't know anything <laughs> and uh you can hit me up on the twitter pcgc underscore 1775 hopefully one day in the near future i'll get chris's ass in the studio so we can hit you with some more detom files so anyway all right, guys, it's Thursday, June 16th, 2022. You guys have a splendiferous day, and uh, be safe out there. I'll talk to you later.